You're listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show on 96.7 FM KBBE or at midkansasonline.com. This is your chance to hear from the McPherson College coaches and student athletes each week during the sports year. The McPherson College Coaches Show is brought to you by JAR Performance Automotive, Alliance Agency, Next Tech Wireless, and Cheatham Construction. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Welcome into another edition of the McPherson College Coaches Show here on 96.7 FM, KBBE, and on every place in the world where you could watch this. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always is Mr. Steve Sell, who is popular on YouTube and SoundCloud uh, and Portal Stretch Internet, anywhere that you would want him to be. Steve's the most popular man. Well, I don't know about that. I think some of the uh, coaches out here are the most popular men right now. I think people are starting to be pretty popular around these parts after an undefeated weekend. You have a volleyball team winning two matchups, both men's and women's soccer win. You have the football team win. Am I missing anybody else? Well, the great man himself, the father of dog ball, Roger Trimble, would say, it was a great day on Saturday to be a Bulldog because everybody brought home a W. Well, we've got a great coaches show lined up because it was a really good week for these teams. We have McPherson College football coach Jeremiah Fiscus. We have co- volleyball coach Corey Cahill. We have both the soccer coaches. We also have a couple of volleyball players. We even have athletic director Andrew Ealing. It is a big, big show coming up. So let's get right into it with football coach Jeremiah Fiscus. Joining us now on our McPherson College Coaches Show is football coach Jeremiah Fiscus after a big 26-20 win over the Friends Falcons on Saturday afternoon. They're now 2-3 two and three overall, 2-2 two and two in the KCAC so far this year. One word that I know you used on Saturday after your team's win was the word resilience. This was a team that fell down 20 to nothing. a couple of special teams mistakes. You look up in the first half, you're down 20 to nothing. you score before the half, then you score three more touchdowns in the second half, one with about a minute left to win it. Resilience. And it looked like that showed with your group on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of the same story it's been every week. Like, we start slow. It takes us really a half offensively to turn our brain on, um, you know, because we didn't really, you know, well, first off, special teams-wise, um, the block punt was on me. Um probably put a kid in there he really wasn't a block he kicked it into our own protector and I you know it was a situation where I probably shouldn't have had him in there Um, probably should have went with the other guy that's been doing it he's got a big leg so I was wanting to flip the field for the defense and I just shouldn't have done it like that that one's completely on me it has nothing to do with any of the kids including the punter because I put a kid in there that wasn't ready to go that's that's a head coaching error and then um, the other two you know with the punt returners on special teams you know we tell them if you stand at the table and throw dice with the devil long enough, you're going to lose your money, and they did. Because um, we want them to be aggressive, but we want them to be smart, and they were one of those two. Um, <laughs> they weren't the other. So they were overly aggressive, and, you know, um, if you can't field a punt cleanly, don't field it. Getting the ball to minus two, you know, we got the ball to minus two once on, on a, something they shouldn't have fielded because there was really three blunders on special teams punt return. Um you know, but we got the ball in the minus two and advanced it and flipped the field, you know, but giving the other team the ball is not an option. That's the worst thing you can do. Well, let's talk about the positives. Your defense uh, really, in reality, didn't hardly give up a touchdown. Our, our, our defense didn't give up any touchdowns. I mean, they yeah. did, but. One was a two-yard drive and one, the other was after a fumble punt. That's, so. I mean, they were the points that we gave up were momentum points or special teams points. They weren't, you know, you. You get the ball back on momentum on the two-yard line, you're probably going to score. You get the ball back. You know, it wasn't like they drove the ball 15 plays. Um, they got the ball back and scored. They get the ball back the next time, hit a big run, score it. Now, you know, there is such a thing as, as you know, sudden change. There is such a thing as doing that. But at the same time, they shouldn't have been in those positions. So um, they played really, really well. And once you settle down offensively, when you look at the final numbers, you had that balance that you strive for because you were over 200 rushing, you were over 200 passing, and that's that's a dream for any coach to be over 200 in both of those categories. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, once once we started playing smart football, we were extremely efficient. I mean, extremely efficient. You know, we were efficient running the ball, we were efficient uh, throwing the ball, et cetera, et cetera. But it took realistically almost a half for, you know, for us to turn our brains on offensively and start executing. 
one thing that I saw from the box score, and I've seen a few times for you so far this year, is the amount of guys that you have that can make a play for you on offense. And this is something I talk about with Coach Pav over at the high school a lot, that he has just a ton of weapons. And for your team, you had nine different guys make a catch, and you use even more guys than that in your receiving game. It's nice to have some of these weapons that, let's say somebody needs a blow, you give somebody else in there a chance, and they catch a couple passes. Let's say you need your big guys, your main receivers, to go make a play for you. They can, knowing that the minute that they step off the field for a quick breather, they've got guys that are there to help them out. How much does having that depth add to what you guys can do on offense? Oh, well, it just, you know, every one of those positions is on a on a predetermined rotation. And there's only been one situation this year where we've said, all right, no rotation starters only. I mean, it, you know, you look up and <laughs> and it's the same way, you know, with the offensive line. They, you know, we rotate, you know, we're really playing – uh, realistically, we're playing five, six, seven, eight guys on the O-line, um, you know, nine guys actually. So we we rotate those guys, that way you are fresh, you know, and that way you are, um, you know, you're fresh down the stretch. And it's good to have, you know, I mean, we've, we've played in certain games up to 11 receivers and three tailbacks. Um, you know, it's important because you can't just run a kid to death. You can't run Ben Nickel 60 plays. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's not as good if he runs 60 plays as he is if he runs, you know, 29 plays. Um, you know, and I think that attributes to every game <clears throat> that we have won or lost, we have finished with the ball in our hand, basically. You know, the three games that we lost, we finished in two-minute drive situations, and we advanced the ball down the field. Um, every time we've, you know, we've went from, you know, realistically the minus 15, minus 20 to, to the plus territory, to the red zone and, you know, fell short a couple times. Um, you know, the other day we advanced the ball in four plays. Ed made an explosive run at the end of the game, but we were able to advance the ball at the end of the game in a two minute situation. So playing those kids makes a big, big difference. And quite honestly, on the entire team, you know, the quarterback's the only one that doesn't rotate. I want to get back to the defense real quick before we turn to Southwestern. Uh, your defense right now is playing with supreme confidence. And your D-line, I love your rotation and your defensive line. Those guys know, you know, when they're going to be in, when they're going to be out, getting a blow. But uh, I think you had five or six sacks. Uh, the game basically ended with Charles Tisby getting back-to-back -back, uh, sacks, I believe. And, uh, boy, you, you just can't be more proud of your defense right now. Oh, well, it's, you know, they're, we put them in some bad situations as a team, be it offense or special teams, and they're, they just keep playing hard. They do their job, and it's the same thing. We, you know, we rotate a lot of guys over there. It's not, I know it's easy to see the D linemen because they're bigger and you see them parading in and out as, as three guys, but, you know, we rotate three outside linebackers. We rotate inside linebackers. We rotate, you know, in the secondary. You know, we play three corners and rotate them kind of on a deal and, and – you know, really play, really play three or four safeties, and um, you know that it's the same deal as you know having quality depth allows you to stay fresh for four quarters. You know, so the defense is really, really, you know, playing good. I mean, it's and they're you know they're feeling good on the on the you know on the run that uh, Corey scored on on the fourth and one, fourth and two that was on the minus side of the field. You know, would have gave them the ball back on the plus side of the field. We got the defensive guys over there going, let's go for it, coach. Yeah. Let's go. We got your back. If it don't work, go. You know, so there's a lot of confidence on the team. We just got to start a little faster. But it is, I mean, you've got, you know, it's it's a pretty good deal when you got your, you know, linebackers and safety saying, just go, man. Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, that, that, you know, they believe in the team and they believe in themselves and they believe that we can go convert. And if we can't, they believe they can stop them. Southwestern this week, when you look at it on paper, you talk about two teams evenly matched. Uh, these are two teams evenly matched, and they're coming off a big win last week. Yeah, they're coming off a really big win. and um, You know, offensively, they've got a couple of guys that are really, really explosive. They've got, they've got a couple of receivers that are really explosive, and they've got a couple of running backs that are really explosive. And then defensively, they're just real sound. They don't, they don't give up a lot of things. There's not been a lot of explosive runs on them. There's not been – I mean – People haven't had, you know, you typically with them have had to drive the ball because they kind of play a style of, you know, bend but don't break and, and make you execute the length of the field and, and they're sound. You know, they're Mike linebacker number 22. 
he's a he's a good player that really makes a lot of things right inside and they do a good job on the D line. So they're they're a really, really, really quality opponent. I mean, they're really, really good. And for a team like you guys that has as much momentum as you could have going right now with back-to-back wins, your defense playing great, your offense putting together game-winning drives, Southwestern's a team with a lot of momentum, too, after they lost to, I believe, Midland in their first game and then lost their opening conference game but have won three straight. Maybe the two teams that have been on the best run the last three weeks playing each other again this Saturday here at home, and it's going to be a big crowd and hopefully no snow for us on Saturday morning. (laughs) But I think it's just going to be a great weekend to be a Bulldog, and it should be a fun one on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it should be a good environment. Like I said, they're they're a team that – they're, they're, they can be as explosive as anybody, um, you know, and they're, they're, they're putting it on film why they're winning games. So, you know, it's kind of one of those deals where um, we're going to have to show up and play our best football and not, not spot them 20 points because they they, they've got what it takes to go beat you really, really badly if you play like that. So we're really, really, really going to have to dial in mentally. Well, let's hope that they can pick up a third straight win and get back to 500. Coach Fiscus, best of luck. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Thank you, Coach. Continuing on our McPherson College Coaches Show is McPherson College Volleyball Coach Corey Cahill. After three big wins last week, a win over Southwestern here at home last week, followed up by a couple of wins down in Wichita, a very successful weekend for everybody, but no other team was able to say they won twice on Saturday. You guys were able to win twice on Saturday and three times in the week. A really good week it felt like for your team yeah for us I mean it was a good opportunity for us to kind of get back on track and and just get back to what we do best and just play our game um you know we had the monkey on our back of being at home and not quite finishing out a match uh and so going into the southwestern match that was on everyone's mind and you know going through it and being up and then them starting to pressure us back it was almost the Oh no, not this again. Here we go again. And it was it was not only the fans, it was not only the parents, the administrators, me us as coaches, but the players themselves. It kind of creeped into their minds and I, you know, told them I said, as soon as we start letting this creep in our mind, it it's going to happen again. I said we got to get over it and we got to move forward and and that's what we did in the fifth set and and we took care of business and we got that monkey off our back. Um, and then going into the weekend, you know, we knew Friends was going to be a tough team. Um, you know, they're big team, they're, they're quality uh, all across the board. And we went in with a game plan and we executed the game plan, the two sets that they took off of us. I mean, just everything went their way. And there was no beating any team that when everything's going their way and, and we just stuck with it, we stayed consistent, we stayed positive on our side and just fought through. So One thing about your team, you don't have like the 6'2", 6'1", a lot of those uh, type of hitters. You're more 5'10", 5'9". How do you overcome maybe that lack of height that uh, that you have compared to other teams? Because a lot of teams will have – they'll run out four or five, six-footers at some point in the match, and I don't know how many six-footers you have, but uh, uh, I know you have a lot of girls that are in the 5'9", 5'10 range. Yeah, so, I mean, something that we really focus on every day in practice is ball control. Um, Serve-receive, ball control, consistency of defense. You know, we just got to out-ball control teams um, that are bigger than us. And then not only that, but we've sped up our offense considerably. Um, we're running probably the fastest offense in the KCAC. Um, I would say definitely the fastest offense to the right side um, in the KCAC, which against bigger teams has been a big benefit for us. So using our athleticism, using our speed, our quickness, our setters have done a great job of locating just a really fast ball to our right side. And that's in turn really turned some big production out of them. On our show tonight, we have Jamie Cease and Caitlin Hines on, and because they're standing over there, I want to give you a chance to hype them up a little bit and talk about how much those two have helped with this team so far this year. They've been okay. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they, they I saw both, a couple eye rolls over they, there. They've both, they both done a great job. Um, obviously, being seniors, being here for four years, contributing the way they've contributed. You know, Jamie uh, coming off a great year last year, um, kind of finding her rhythm in our defense, figuring out kind of what the expectation is. Um, her serve receive has improved dramatically just in the past month and a half. Um, and then that's really opened up our offense a lot. Um, Kate, as far as setting goes, you know, in the past, you know, I joke with her and I joke with Skyler how they were ball getter uppers when I got here. Um, there wasn't a system, there wasn't a process, there wasn't a reasoning behind what they did. Um, and, you know, I'd ask them, hey, why did you make this choice? And the response was, well, I think it was the best one. 
Well, let's have a process behind it. Let's figure out why we do things and how we do things a better way. Um, and kind of walking them through those things and the, the growth that our setters have had, not only Kate, but Skylar as well and, and Morgan, as far as decision-making and making the right decisions at the right times, and not only that, but then executing the offense and, and the way that we want to do so. So um, they've done a great job, um, and the growth has been pretty incredible in just a short amount of time. I've got a very technical question for you. And I ask you a lot of interesting questions because I find volleyball very fascinating, but sometimes I don't know some of the rules. So Steve and I were broadcasting a high school match the other day, and Steve can't figure out, and I can't figure out either, you start the match, and you have six people out there. And then all of a sudden we say, okay, here's the seventh person, sub in and out. Why did we do that instead of just taking out that extra step? I get very confused by that. So you start up with the six six people on the floor, um, your two middles. Typically, traditionally, you libero for your middles. Um, not always. Friends liberoed for their outsides. Um, but your libero does not count as a substitution. Okay. So they do not count as a substitution. So it's always the libero that subs in at it's, that moment? It's always the libero, yeah. Um, at least most times. I mean, some people, you know, if a coach writes their lineup in wrong, then they might have to do a regular sub or something to switch someone out. But nine times out of ten, it's the libero switches in for that back row middle or that back row player that they plan on playing for. And that libero does not count against their substitution. And so what, that's what, what did we them. ever do without the libero? What, what, how did we ever play without a we, libero? We played real volleyball. <laughs> um, yeah, so without back in the day when they had no libero, everyone was expected to play everything. Who invented and, the libero? Um, it happened in the early 2000s. I don't know who invented it, but um, it was... It wasn't you? No, it was not me. Okay. It was not me. I wasn't even playing volleyball at the time, but... <laughs> It makes a little bit more sense now. Okay, because Steve and I, at I get, that point in the match, he I get, always says, I, get I don't understand. Confused, but that's just normal for the core. So. Well, as we look ahead to what's coming up for you guys the rest of this conference play, I was telling Jamie that it feels very different this year because there have been some losses, and last year there was one through this point in the year. But when you look at the KCAC standings, you're right there in second place, and you know that with just a couple more wins, you know, one this week, one next week, one the next week, you're right back there at the top of the standings. How have you been taking that approach through what's coming up with the rest of this conference run? The biggest thing for me and, and that I keep telling the girls is we just got to take it one step at a time. We can't, we can't look ahead. We can't look past the team. Um, that's what got us in trouble early on. And I think that they get that and they realize that, you know, we have to go just one game at a time and expect every single team to be better than they were last year, expect every single team to look at us with a target on our backs based on what we did last year. Um, everyone, everyone's out to win. Everyone's out to beat us, and, and not only beat us, but beat everyone. And, and so we have to go out there hungry and ready to compete. Um, and I think that if we do that and we take this one step at a time and we execute the game plan every game that we play, that we will be tough to beat. So, Well, two big matches coming up this week. You will be on the road at Ottawa tonight, Wednesday. And then you will be at home for a night match with Kansas Wesleyan on homecoming weekend. I think we've got soccer going on Saturday at home. We have football going this weekend. It's a busy, busy night. No soccer. Jeremy and, tells me no. And but these two, big volleyball And these two match. conference matches have a big bearing on the conference race. These are two of the top teams that you'll play. Yeah, I mean, Ottawa, going into the Ottawa match – you know, we just got to go in and, and play our game and, and execute the game plan. We're going to have some things that we're going to do with our defense, with our offense, and, and try to make sure that we can compete, um, take advantage of some of their weaknesses, and, and hopefully enhance some of our strengths. Um, I think that we have a really good shot. We match up well against them um, with our offense versus their defense. I think that, you know, our overall speed of play will be faster than what they're used to, and I think that that can score some points. It gets loud in the concrete jungle, though. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's the biggest thing is just playing our game and, and, and just staying consistent with it. And, you know, going into Saturday, honestly, I haven't even looked at Saturday. You know, for me, it's it's I'm focused on Wednesday. Um, on Thursday, I'll look at K-Dub. I'll look up video on K-Dub. I haven't watched them in a while. Um, you know, for me, it's it's – the same thing I preach is what I practice. You know, I'm looking at it one game at a time, and Ottawa's my main focus. Well, it should be a fun one this weekend. So Bulldog football probably gets done about 4.30, go home, take a quick nap, and then I think everybody's expected to bring their A game and be loud on Saturday night here in the Sports Center. Yeah, that'll be nice. I won't, I won't be mad about it. <laughs> well, Coach Cahill, best of luck this week. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, joining us now on our Coaches Show is Jamie Cease from the McPherson College Volleyball Team, and we're breaking the news tonight that you are the KCAC Defender of the Week after a couple of big wins for your team. A 3-2 win here at home against Southwestern last week after winning the first two, 
dropping the second two sets and then finding a way to win that fifth one, and then a couple of wins over the weekend going down the friends and winning and then beating Randall on Saturday. A really big week for this team. When you can pick up three wins, it's always a good week. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. It was a good week. We uh, practiced hard, and for some reason, we just like to make games interesting and go to five. <laughs> I was going to ask you, uh, you, you guys always get off to a great start. What happens kind of in those middle two? Do you just have a letdown, or does the other team just start to play better, or are you guys just fast starters? Or how, do you, how do you evaluate that? Yeah, um, I think that other teams, they, they don't like to roll over and die. You know, we kind of have a big target on our back some weeks, and they just want to fight back and I mean, we like to make it interesting, and we just get to play more volleyball that way. Yeah, you just you, you want to be able to play as much. You say, I don't want to end after an yeah. hour. Let's keep this going, make it another hour. Well, it's been an interesting start to this year, especially in comparison to last year, where you only lost one match for about the first two months of the season. But when you look at the KCAC standings, it's not like you guys are down in the hole and having to really work your way out. It's been a different start, but how have you, as one of the leaders on this team, been able to take this team through the beginning of this year into this conference run? We definitely, as a team, just like to focus on the next game. So coming up this Wednesday, we have Ottawa. That's what we're focusing on in practice. We're not looking past that or forward. Like We just like to try to stay in the moment and be together as a team. And McPherson, Ottawa have had some really knockdown dragouts down through the year. I got a feeling it may go five again. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you guys are uh, just one game back in the conference. But you also realize now that there's only – 12 conference matches when it used to be 22 or 24, whatever mm -hmm. it was, there's not a lot of margin for error. So does that, do you feel the pressure of that at all? Um, I don't think there's pressure necessarily to do well. Um, when we do have pressure situations, we just try to, you know, focus on one point, the next point, the next set. And I mean, Tabor, you know, they caught us on a little bit of an off day and they took us. So now we're really looking forward to getting back to the tournament, maybe seeing them and um, winning against them, you know, pushing to get there and fight. Obviously going to nationals last year was a great experience. Uh, what do you tell like some of the new players on the team, what that was like last year? Um, we, we tell the players it's a great experience and we hope to get there. Um, be, being there, one of the first KCAC teams to win a match there since the 80s was really, really good, and we just hope to get there again, you know, that's all we can say. Well, Jamie was the KCAC libero of the year last year, and I wanted to, and you, Steve mentioned going to nationals and making that run, but what are some of your other memories that stand out from playing here at McPherson and, and things that will stick with you for a while? Oh, yeah. I think the Ottawa game last year at home, um, it was a great, it'll be a great memory that I remember um, also just last year was a historic season and this year it's been going great. Like maybe not everything has gone our way, but this year is just as memorable to me. And I'm so thankful for that because it is my senior season and I'm definitely grateful in making all the relationships this year just last just as long. And since you're a senior, obviously you have to be looking ahead to your future. Uh, what are you hoping to get into after you uh, graduate from McPherson College? So I'll be done with classes in December this year. Okay. And so I have an internship right now at Swindle, Jansen, Hawk, and Lloyd. Oh, we know a few I know, I know a few of those guys. <laughs> yep. Chet the Jet. Yes, yes. So I'll be doing taxes for them come January. You can do my taxes. That way you can save me some money. So. All right, all right. Okay. So are you planning on staying here in McPherson for a significant amount of time whenever you get done? Or will you be finishing up any sort of post-grad degree? Or, or what's your plan after December? Um, after December, I'll just be working here at McPherson um, until graduation in May. And then I plan to walk, and after that, it's kind of up in the air. Now, I know that you're a former Shawnee Heights T-Bird, so do you want to go back to the great capital city? Do you want to go to a Wichita, a Kansas City, a California? Where are you thinking you might be a year from right now? A year from now, um, maybe end up in Texas. Ooh. Yeah, that is where um, my boyfriend is from. So is he a Dallas guy, a Houston guy? Dallas. Okay, yep. you could you could be in the Metroplex. It's a yeah. good place to be. <laughs> oh, maybe you could do Jerry Jones's taxes. How's that? Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> that'd yes. be that'd be pretty intricate. That's for sure. That'd be a nice account. Well, for Ottawa tonight, Wednesday, we're, we get a little confused with this because sometimes teams play on Tuesday uh -huh. and we record it on a Tuesday, but it's really tonight. What do you hope to get out of this, and, and how do you hope to start this conference run? I know you're already in it, but keep this momentum rolling from a great week last week. 
Oh, yeah. Um, I think that we are going to get going. You know, we're going to try to start strong and stay strong and really focus on if we do get down a set, just, you know, that next set, that next point, not getting in such a big hole to where we can still come out and fight back. Let's hope to make it a three-set win or maybe at the worst a four. You start to get to that fifth set and you guys start to make me nervous a little bit. (laughs) Well, Jamie, congrats on a great season so far and hopefully it keeps rolling. Thank you so much. Continuing on our coaches show here this week, we're joined by another McPherson College volleyball player, Caitlin Hines, after a nice week for this Bulldog volleyball team. Three wins, we mentioned with Jamie Cease, a couple of wins on Saturday down at Friends and then a win over Southwestern here at home last week. How has this year, this senior year, been for you in terms of the start and how much have you enjoyed volleyball this year? I've loved volleyball this year. Everything's been great. Like um, with the new coach coming in, like we've all adjusted really well. Um, I don't know. We're just we're learning a lot, and we're getting a lot better every day, and it's it's been really fun. I've enjoyed it. A lot. When you when you take to the court last year, you know you were kind of an unknown. You know you were a good team the year before that, mm-hmm. but then last year you win the conference. This year you're getting everybody's best shot. And mm-hmm. how's that been different this year? Yeah, well, yeah. Teams look at us as the team to beat, so they go into this game with nothing to lose, and we're going into it with you know the conference championship on our back. So it's like. We're still defending what we earned last year, and we're trying to earn it again. And all these other teams come out, and, like, they just play their best against us every single time. Every game we're getting another team's best, for sure. For you and some of the other senior leaders on this team, how has this transition been? I know a lot of that probably happened in the summer, Mm -hmm. going from coach to coach and having him come in a little bit late in the process and get everything worked out. How did that go in terms of the transition? What was sort of your role in helping make this – smooth through that movement there Mm -hmm. so last spring for a while we didn't have a coach at all so we were still like trying to you know run our spring season and do all of our workouts and do all our practices and still get better not really knowing what the fall would bring for us um once he came in like he said his standards pretty up straightforward and like um He's been really open to us anytime we need to talk about anything, if there's any confusion over what he expects of us or um, what we should be doing. He's been very open to that. He's got an open-door policy if we ever want to go talk about something or if we have any concerns. Um, It's been a pretty smooth transition. And one thing you are, you're like a coach on the floor, your (laughs) position. Uh, You know, everything kind of – you know, you and Jamie actually are the two it seems like the the offense really kind of begins with because they said, you know, you – to have that great kill, you got to have the bump, you got to have the set, and then mm-hmm. the spike. So, yeah. uh, talk about your role, uh, kind of like being a coach on the floor. Um, well, I would say I'm, I would say I'm the mind behind the operation. There you go, the brains behind the operation. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Because, um, you know, given the pass, I have to decide, you know, which which player is going to score us the point, and to my ability, who can I set the best ball. And um, it's my job to make sure I set balls that are consistent enough to where, you know, my hitters know exactly what to expect from me when I'm going to set them so that they can, their timing's correct and everything else is correct. And also paying attention to, like, what's on the other side of the net. Like, is there a, is there a huge girl on the other side who might be matched up against, you know, one of our shorter players like Riley? Or do they have a setter who's in the front row who's pretty short that Riley could easily swing over? So there's just a lot of things to think about in, like, one second. Mm-hmm. Um, but Coach Corey's helped me a lot to learn, like, what the best decision is and how to determine what is going to be successful and then also establishing what's successful and continuing to do it. So if that means setting the same player six times in a row, if they're scoring, why fix or why fix what's not broken? Well, Caitlin, I want to learn a little bit about how you ended up here in McPherson. Mm-hmm. You go from the great metropolitan area of Orlando, Florida. You're from mm-hmm. Oviedo, which, yeah. Steve, it is on the doorsteps of UCF, okay. maybe yeah. the biggest school in the country. It's a great place to be, a great place to hang out. There are a ton of D2s in that area. There are a ton of junior colleges. There are some NAIs in the state. How on earth did you end up in central Kansas? People asked me the opposite question when I went down there and was staying there for a while. So how did mm-hmm. you end up here? Well, um, my club season, I went to play in a qualifier in Kansas City, the Show Me Tournament. And um, so I flew to Kansas City, played in the tournament. On the flight back, I get an email from our previous coach, Jessica Cleveland. It was like, hey, would you like to come visit? So I show my mom, and I'm like, oh, mom, look, this school wants me to visit. Let's go. So I literally 
fly home from Kansas City, the tournament, a couple days go by, get back on a flight, fly back out to here, visit, and I just I just loved it here. I love the people. I love the team. And I just, I really knew that this is where I wanted to be. Now, when I was down in Florida, the funniest thing to me is that everybody I was around, they constantly wanted to know about tornadoes. They would sit there and be like, okay, so what's the deal with that? How does that work? Do you yeah. see them all the time? Yeah. Did you have those same questions when you came here? Kind of. I mean, I, I guess I thought I would see at least one tornado. I was really close last year, last May. There was, um, we had to actually go like to the library and take shelter because we thought there was going to be one or there was one nearby. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I thought I would see one, but in Florida, we have a lot of other weather, like hurricanes. Yeah, Yeah. hurricanes. I've been through a few hurricanes, so it's like when it comes to scary weather, kind of. And it rains every day. I went to Florida for a week, and it rained every day. I was in Florida. Well, Caitlin knows that in Orlando, it typically rains about three o'clock every Mm -hmm. day, three or three fifteen. And then it makes its way up toward I-4, toward Daytona <laughs> Beach. So it rains about then every day. But if you go outside at like 4.30, it's all gone. You can't even tell yep. it rained. Yeah, you should never let the rain cancel your plans because it'll come and go. That's right. Well, it, it, it's a great thing. Well, what are you uh, majoring in and what are you hoping to do after McPherson College? Um, I'm a psychology major with an emphasis in health and human services. Okay. And I'm not un- entirely sure where I'm going to go next or what I'm doing next. Um, I was thinking about pursuing applied behavior analysis and maybe helping out kids and adults with autism. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Well, Caitlin, best of luck the rest of this way. And Thank you. Safe travels back on I-4. <laughs> it's the worst highway in the it world, is the worst. Steve. <laughs> it's the worst. Okay. I, I trust Orlando traffic. Is, like, is it worse, by is it worse than Kansas Avenue? Yeah, it's, it's not oh, good. Yeah. Okay. It's not All good. Right. Well, Caitlin, best of luck this weekend and, and the rest of the way. Thank you. Continuing on our McPherson College Coaches Show here tonight, we're joined by McPherson College women's soccer coach Mark Olson and an excited Coach Olson. I can tell that you're walking around. you got a little, little extra step in you after a big win this weekend. You guys picked up the first of the season, a 2-0 win over Ottawa, and even last week during the middle of the week, a really hard-fought 2-1 loss against friends. It felt like your team took some really nice steps this week. You were so close in the middle of the week last week, and then to be able to pick up that first win on Saturday – how has that rejuvenated this team over the weekend? It, well, it was nice to finally put the ball in the back of the net. Um, these players have worked so hard uh, defensively, and we made a few switches, uh, made a few changes to our formation, which creates more opportunities going forward, and they've really capitalized on that. And In our last two games, we got three goals, so very pleased with that. They're excited. Well, in the victory, Emma Singleton, two goals. Nice to see her break out because she was kind of the offensive standout last year, yeah. and, and she's, you know, hasn't had a real fast start to the season as far as putting the ball in net. But to see her get two goals, that's got to give her confidence moving forward. That's a huge confidence builder for her, and, and she's all about confidence. You know, she has high expectations for herself, as, as do I. With her coming in, um, we expected her to be a double-digit goal scorer. For us, and she still has that ability. Christy Silber, tremendous in goal. I think she had something like 11 saves. Yeah. And, and, and that's one thing. You know, you won the game, but you were actually outshot. But when you have Christy Silber back there, you don't have to worry too much. No, Christy's done a great job. I mean, she's a third-year starter for us. She's going to continue to break records for us in goal. Um, but our defense, I mean, we allow shots, but the shots that, that we're allowing are right to her. Yeah. And then when she does need to make the big save, she definitely is there for it. Well, one thing that we talked about with Coach Fiscus at the beginning of the season, especially after their first win, after starting 0-3, saying, I think he used the phrase, reaffirm. They're reaffirming what we know, that we are a good team, and we're able to finally win one and, and get the monkey off the back. Did you feel a little bit like that this weekend, and that these girls, you were just ready for them to feel like they were winners for the first time this year? No, definitely. This team... Um, they take steps, and they don't tend – we talk about skipping a step, a step. And, you know, we played solid defense. We finally got up on friends 1-0, but we didn't know how to put the game away. We didn't know how to win. And then on Saturday, it was beautiful. Uh, got that first goal, continued to shut them out, and then got that second goal. And these players are flying high. They're, they have a lot of confidence going into – uh, the game with Kansas Wesleyan. 
Well, you guys have been pretty much going at it now for two months with the start of the preseason. How is the health of this team? Is the weather kind of helping everybody feel a little bit better and, and not have to go out there and get, <laughs> get so hot every day at practice? How is the health and, and going forward for this team and injuries? Any, anything nagging too much? Well, compared to last year, we're very healthy. Um, the nice thing about this is we probably, we're missing probably our best player when we played against Ottawa, uh, Nelly from California. She was a junior college transfer last year, probably one of our best players. She plays center mid, and she hurt herself against friends, and luckily she'll be back when we play next week. But she was out for the Ottawa game. Uh, McKaylee Bryson was also out for the Ottawa game, who's also a big-time player for us. And with those two players out, um, the players – had to rely on themselves and they couldn't just rely on those two players to kind of carry them through so a lot of players stepped up and and to me that's a great thing is we'll be even better when those two players return to us but the current players that are playing that'll be playing tonight they have very they have a lot of confidence well you guys only have one game coming up this week and that is now in the past as this is going to be airing on Wednesday so kind of weird with at Kansas Wesleyan last night even though it has not happened yet in our world and then you won't be playing Saturday and then you'll play at home against Bethel next week what do you know about the Coyotes on the women's side and and what are your goals last night but also tonight it's very confusing back to the future (laughs) Marty McFly Doc Kansas Westland I mean they're a good team they're always one two I mean they're they're always a top three team they're very aggressive they're a team that really beats you up they try and they try and outmuscle you um you know they're aggressive they pressure the ball um you know so i expect them to i mean that's the way they've always played so i don't expect any difference with them um going into the game though we have an experienced team who has faced them who's had success you know scoring goals against them and the team's very excited they're very confident for tonight or last night's game and one thing about your team your defense keeps you in every game oh yeah so you never you know you you've been, you haven't had really any blowout situations because your defense is very solid it's it's nice i was talking to francis about this it's nice being able to go into these games and know that it's going to be a game because of how well our defense is playing um you know this is probably one of the best defensive teams i've ever coached here and we had a darn good uh, defensive team the first year in 2015, but I think this defense is even better than that. Francis did a good job on the coaches show last week. Did you I, guys go over the film and analyze? <laughs> <laughs> we did not, um, but he's he he loves doing this stuff, so I hope he can get on the show more in the future. <laughs> well, we'll hope to keep you around for a few more. <laughs> Coach Olson, best of luck last night against Kansas Wesleyan. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Mark. Continuing on our McPherson College Coaches Show, we're now joined by men's soccer coach Doug Quint after a very exciting week for his team last week. A couple of overtime wins. You first did it in double overtime against friends in the middle of the week last week, a 2-1 win. Then you win an OT against Ottawa. A good week to be a Bulldog, and it's always good when you come out on the winning end of two results like that. Agree, agree. Uh, Too exciting for my liking, for sure. Uh, We created enough chances in both games to score and just are having trouble doing that right now. What gave your team the advantage in overtime in both of those games? Was it that you were well-rested? Was it that you were the better attacking teams? What was it that gave you that edge in both those games to find a way to pull out a goal and win? I think our depth, to be honest. Uh, we've got a good rotation. With, we're getting some guys healthy and getting getting some guys back. Um, and we've got a nice rotation of players. And we can sub in and not have the level drop off at all. And that's real helpful. How did playing that tough non-conference schedule that we mentioned, I mean, you guys have only lost once in the conference now as, as things continue to roll. How did playing that non-conference schedule that you did prepare you maybe for a game like that against Ottawa where you have to go win in overtime? Did it help you at this point, do you think? Yeah, it did. Uh, it really did, especially the game against Concordia where we lost in overtime and had to go in overtime, but we fought to get it back. Uh, get a goal late, get us into overtime, um, and we thought we really rode the, we're going to ride the momentum to get back into the game or win the game in overtime and didn't. Um, so. Well, it turned out that Marcus Fernandez scored both of the game-winning overtime goals. Do you remember another week where you won two overtime games and the same guy 
wins both of them for you? No. Nope. That's rare. No. Nope. Yep, I agree. I agree. What was he able to do in those overtimes that made him be able to score? And, and what, what did you guys do adjustment-wise to create opportunities? Well, what was interesting about the Friends game is we, in the first 20 minutes of the match, were getting absolutely pounded. They were all over us, and you could just – we could not get out of the back. They were just shoving the ball down our throat. And about 20 minutes in the match, we changed uh, in a tactical – we made a tactical change and changed a formation. And what was so pleasing about the victory is we won the game playing a formation we've never practiced, guys in positions that have never played before. Um, and it's one of those things where we took a chance – and a chance worked. Um, it, it could have gone the other way, and it didn't. And our guys listened to what we had to say at halftime, and it really made a difference. And I thought we were the better team from, from that point on. And any time you beat friends, that's always a, a good accomplishment because, uh, you know, you've been here a long time, and you've had some just tremendous battles down through the years with friends. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's always a good game and always a physical game. And, um, and so it, it, was one, it was one fun night. I asked Coach Olson, but how's the health of your team at this point? Because, I mean, for soccer, you guys have been one of the early teams. You've been going at this for almost two months now with the preseason. How healthy are you guys, and, and how well do you – or how good do you feel about the next month in trying to make that deep postseason run? Well, uh, we have some good goods and bads. Um, Carson Abbott's is finally back um, and is going to play here. Uh, he – Finally got healthy, played against Tabor, got hurt in the last 30 seconds against Tabor on a, on a tackle right into his ankles. Um, so it's taken some time to get him back. Uh, now he's back. In the process, we've lost Navid Istanbulu. Um, he's got a, a, a muscle injury in his back of his knee. And on, let's see, Wednesday night against Friends, uh, came into the side late on Dan Connell, and he tore his ACL. Mm -hmm. And Dan's been a, a, a fantastic mainstay in our midfield this year, and it's really sad to see. And so he's out. Uh, and then on a positive note, we finally have gotten Jorge Ramos uh, healthy. And he's now played in three games, and he's assisted or scored in every game he's played. It's nice to have somebody back in the lineup with that yeah. amount of skill. Well, coming up this week, only one game you play tonight for where we are now, but in the past for when this will be airing on Wednesday. So you'll be taking on Kansas Wesleyan on Tuesday night, then nothing coming up this weekend before a game against Bethel at home next Wednesday. Kansas Wesleyan's been one of those really tough teams in this conference. It was them and Oklahoma Wesleyan last year. They were right there one and two. What do you know well, about the Coyotes and this year? And before year? Oklahoma Wesleyan came into the conference – Almost every year, it seemed like the KCAC came down to the Mac KW game. That's right. There's a lot of history of this matchup for sure. Yeah. What do you uh, know about the Yotes going into tonight? Uh, still returned a lot of guys. Uh, a lot of guys from last year that are back. Almost uh, their entire starting eleven is back, and they're the guys. Even if uh, they weren't starters last year, they played a lot. Very very physical team. Uh, work really hard. Talented all over in every position. And so it's going to take a good effort for us tonight. Well, Coach Quint, best of luck in the past. <laughs> yeah, thank you very, thank you Thanks, very much. Doug. Well, we wramp up this week's McPherson College Coaches Show with Athletic Director Andrew Ealing as it has been a fun start to this fall season with getting this Coaches Show underway. But we have a lot of things to talk with you about today with homecoming coming up this weekend. But what a weekend for the Bulldogs this past <laughs> weekend. I think there were like 15 wins on Saturday for every McPherson College team. I think it's a good weekend to be the athletic director Absolutely. here. Absolutely. That was a great day. You know, you, you, it's tough to do that. It, it doesn't matter how how much success you have or, or don't. I mean, that, that's a tough – it's tough to go 4-0 on a on a day. Was it 4-0, 5-0 on, on Saturday? So that's that's great. I'm, I'm really happy for our coaches and our student athletes. I mean, they – it's fun. They have a lot of pride with that. And it was great to see Coach Olson's team. You know, they've been so close so many times, a couple ties. Uh, since they've gotten into conference play, they have really been pretty tough. So, obviously, the, the non-conference schedule yeah. that you set up prepared them well. And, and for them to get that first win to beat Ottawa, uh, you had to be happy for him and his team. Oh, absolutely. And they, they've, they've, hurt, they've worked extremely hard. They are very persistent. They have not stopped. Their attitudes have stayed positive. Um, they, they've continued to – they have their 6 a.m. practices and they have good attitudes about 6 a.m. practice, and maybe that's helping them. I, You know, I, I uh, there's, there's a little bit more adversity when you're up at 6 a.m. 
Well, one thing that I kept hearing from you over this offseason, a little bit during the spring, is that this is as good as McPherson College Athletics have ever been right now, where you have great tennis teams. You look back at the spring, baseball and softball were terrific. You had a KCAC champion volleyball team last year. I think there was a track team that won a KCAC championship. Things are going really good right now at McPherson College, and I don't know if everybody realizes yet how good things are going here. Well, yeah, we have a lot of momentum right now. There, there's no doubt about it. We've, we've, and it's on all fronts. It's very successful athletically. Our, our student athletes are working hard, you know, on the field court and track. Um, we're, we're doing really well in the classroom. I mean, 14 of our 15 uh, teams are our scholar teams uh, by NAI and. You know we're 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 raising money. We're 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 reaching goals uh, and all-time highs in raising money. Um, you know a lot of participation. Our fans are coming out and, and watching us play. I mean it, it's really a great time to be here. And a great measuring stick is you know you talked about last year uh, the Bulldogs finished in the upper four in the Commissioner's Cup, which is a compilation of all the sports uh, with all 13 teams in the conference and to finish you know as high as you did. Uh, that that tells you that 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 right there is a good indicator. Yeah, absolutely. And and on top of that, we were. Uh, it doesn't seem like a a great number, but we we're 87th in the Directors Cup, NAI Directors Cup, which 87th. You never set a goal to be 87th, right? But <laughs> we're number 87. <laughs> we're number 87. But we've never been in the top 100. Yeah. And so, with with. You know, with that being said, it's again we're we're doing things right and and it's it's fun. And one thing I've noticed, you know, when we come out to the school and everything, the camaraderie camaraderie between all the kids of all the sports, it just seems like there's a real feel good mentality right now. I don't know if it's just because everyone's you know having having a lot of success right now, but the kids really seem to get along well. Uh, it's just uh, it's a feel good atmosphere right now. Yeah, you know, so that's that's intentional. We, we've we've done some things this year. We had a we had a retreat this summer. Um, had some coaches there and alumni, board of church. We, I mean, we our president was there, um, and and something we really talked about was the relationships that we have on this campus and between our teams and our student athletes and our coaches. And it's not just about one team or, or, or a couple teams. It's about everybody and supporting everybody and being around each other. And it's not just as athletes, it's in the classroom and, and just the relationships we build here. So we've really um, been encouraging that. And, and, and we, then we have our, our Bulldog Growler that we started last year that encourages um, our teams to uh, support each other and support the community and support other things going on on campus. So that's, that's the culture we're trying to really build here. Well, one thing that we ask your coaches a lot is, what's your goal? What's your vision? Where are you trying to get to? And so I think we need to ask you that. I think that we've seen some of these goals and some of these visions begin to take their form and begin to take shape. But where do you want McPherson College Athletics to be in five years, three years, by the, this time next year? What are some of your visions and goals going forward with this department? Yeah, I think, and as a group, we've kind of, we've kind of talked about we want to consistently win that Commissioner's Cup. I think that's a good goal that we can all come together and, and pursue. Um, and that's that that's really focused on winning, but we want to do it without compromising our values. So, you know, our values of being mentors and teachers first and um, uh, collaborating with our community is, is really important. It's really important that our kids graduate um, and are, are prepared for for life. And and so those you know, those values come first. And, and then, you know, the byproduct is we're going to have some success on the on the field. Well, looking to this weekend. Uh, this campus is really going to be buzzing. A lot of activities going on, and and hopefully the weather forecast isn't very good right now. But we hope for Saturday. Who doesn't want a little snow yeah. on homecoming? Yeah, Let's but uh, yeah, but uh, hopefully Saturday the the weather will relent or uh, get uh, you know get better, and you can have a big crowd because homecoming generally draws a ton of people. Yeah, that, you know we're expecting high numbers this weekend as usual for homecoming. Uh, Friday is not not looking promising to start the weekend with, uh, I think the last I saw, 48 degrees and chances snow, snow right? showers in the <laughs> afternoon as we're so, heading to Augusta. <laughs> so it, it might be interesting. We have some reunions that evening, and 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 you know we'll have a big campaign launch this weekend, and that that kind of kicks off Friday night as well. And that was supposed to be somewhat of an outdoor event. I'm not sure if that's still the case, uh, but yeah, it's it's you know Saturday Hall of Fame in the morning. Uh, football game in the afternoon and then volleyball that evening and 
and this is kind of a rare weekend that soccer doesn't play. So cross country's on the road, so they'll they'll miss out on, on a little bit of that, but they'll be back, you know, in the afternoon. Well, before we know it, it's going to be winter sports season here too, as they all kind of get going at the end of this month, and they're already underway with practices. But yep. we're making our way through. Yeah, it's. I think I think basketball had a scrimmage this this past weekend, and it's unbelievable how how early basketball starts oh, now. It just keeps it used to be up. December first was the first game yeah. of the year. I'll, I'll I'll never forget that when you know when I started some forty years ago, and you played four conference games before Christmas, and now you play like nine games in the conference before Christmas. It's just yeah. it's just staggering how early. Uh, you know, practice didn't start till you know like middle of November. Now mm-hmm. it starts with October first or whatever very yeah. important question for you do we have enough money in the budget to bring in snoop dog for late night <laughs> <laughs> bulldog Boy, midnight madness i'm glad i'm not the ad at ku <laughs> i think it would work out great bulldogs snoop dog we, we could work something out I'll, I'll i'll give you his contact info i've got it somewhere yeah, yeah. but athletic director andrew ealing <laughs> yeah we, we appreciate you joining the show today and, and we'll work on the next year's entertainment for All bulldog right. madness okay i appreciate you guys We're now wrapping up our McPherson College Coaches Show, Steve. A really fun show because when everybody wins, it makes us feel a little bit better. It makes everybody more excited. Yeah, they want to talk. You don't have any any dead air because uh, a lot of good things to talk about. And, again, uh, this is going to be a huge week uh, coming up, homecoming uh, at McPherson College. Hopefully the weather will hold out uh, for the weekend. A lot of activities planned, a lot of people on campus, uh, a lot of tailgating, hopefully on Saturday that won't be – you know, that the uh, weather won't uh, uh, force to be postponed. But uh, Bulldog football home on Saturday, that's kind of the highlight event. Of course, the Hall of Fame uh, Saturday morning. Uh, I haven't seen the list yet who's going in, but I'm sure it's just some quality people. And uh, just it'll be a great day to be a Bulldog. couple of program announcements. Next week is KCAC Media Day for basketball coming up on Tuesday. So Steve, you and I are going to go down there. We're going to get a couple of interviews with Coach Nichols and with Coach Askelson, and we're going to run those on Wednesday night, but not our normal coaches show just because we want to be able to we, we won't be able to record it on Tuesday like we normally do. Then the following week is going to be our big McPherson College basketball preview where we will talk with both coaches, we'll talk with some players, and then also talk a little bit about the KCAC and what that year is going to look like. So the next two weeks will be a little bit different than they have been now. As always, you can listen to this live here on 96.7 FM KBBE from 6 to 7 on Wednesdays. Let's say you can't listen on the actual radio. Dial it up at midkansasonline.com. Let's say you can't listen from 6 to 7. You're too busy. You have too many things going on. Go to soundcloud.com slash KBBE sports, and we typically have it posted within the hour of it finishing up that night or you know, I don't want to just listen to these fools. I, I, I want to see them. I want to see how silly Steve and Jim look. You can go to YouTube and find it through MacBulldogs.com. Do we hit it, Steve? I think you got, got it Got everything there. You bet. We'll wrap up our McPherson College Coaches Show. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to the Bulldog Coaches Show. The McPherson College Coaches Show is brought to you by JAR Performance Automotive, Alliance Agency, Next Tech Wireless, and Cheatham Construction. Thanks for listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show. You can listen to the show at our podcast page at soundcloud.com slash Sports, or watch the video of all the interviews at macbulldogs.com.